What is up, sexy people? Um, it's Anjali back again. Today, I don't know, we're going to talk about a lot of drips and drabs that I've been like trying to make into one episode or make parts of other episodes or I don't know, just sex, body image, love, all the good stuff. Um, little life check-in because my life checks changes like semi-weekly at this point. I'm in Saskatchewan, so I'm from like Ontario, Canada, which is in the east. Uh, I'm in the west right now, the prairies. This is where I was born, but I left when I was six and I haven't been back in 16 years. Woo, do the math for mage. Um, so yeah, so I'm back. I'm thriving. I went on like a five-day family camping trip and I had a lot of philosophies over there, some of which I'm going to share. Um, being with family can be super detrimental to your mental health, but also very healing. So this is my extended family and it's my mom's side. And most of you guys who know me know my mom passed away of breast cancer three years ago and it was, you know, immeasurably hard, still is. Um, but I also like kind of lost the link. Like I'd been out of touch with the side of the family, um, for, you know, since I'd left 16 years ago. And being back, I'm seeing her in a light that I never did. And there's this thing, I think we're all like this, especially until we're adults, like be it 18 or 28 or whatever. But we only see our parents as like our parents. And it's a super selfish way to see people. But I guess we're kids. So at the end of the day, I think back to talks with my mom and how special like our outings were. Once I reached high school, my siblings were university age and they were, you know, life gets busy and you have all these assignments and whatever. So it was always just me me and my mom. And it was super special. We'd go to church and we'd go to Costco and we'd get samples and I'd get two and say it was for her, but they were both for me and yada yada. And then she'd get two and say it was for me. And so I'd end up having four samples. I was living the fucking dream, guys. I always look back at those times super fondly, being like me and my mom. And then when she got sicker, which obviously was bad, but the flip side, the good news, silver lining was that she quit her job and was at home with us more and I got to talk to her all the time after school and again as high school I had no job I had all the time in the world to just shoot the shit with her after school I'd do my homework at the dinner table and like chat the whole time and I feel like I was just talking the whole time and I don't know how she was so patient that she could just listen to my bullshit day in day out and you know give a little guidance give a little knowledge but really like I didn't know shit about her life like I heard a little bit about her teaching adventures when she was working I would help her grade like spelling tests and math quizzes and shit and then she quit and I'm kind of like what's your day-to-day life like she would meditate she was super spiritual she was into tai chi my first ever tattoo was heavily inspired by her because it's uh, it's a yin yang and she was all about yeah like tai chi qigong like Chinese ancient like traditional Chinese medicine and energy balance and stuff like that and yet I never actually talked about it with her and that's why when you talk to people who are a little bit older and say like what advice would you give your younger self they're like listen to your elders among other things save your money get an education or up there as well but seriously yeah listen to the people around you I regret it she was taken from me too soon I was 19 years old just turned and like I didn't get to know who she was so being back now I'm hearing all the stories and realizing she's way more similar to me than I thought. I think there's intergenerational patterns of like, it's funny, but children being similar to their parents, but their parents don't like recognize it. So for example, she was, I guess like the rebel child, like not really rebel, but she went overseas for a couple of years. 
uh, teaching English or religion, maybe both. And I kind of did the same. I went overseas to Costa Rica. I'm planning to go back. I'm planning to travel a lot. She like did solo trips. She went across Canada by herself. I'm planning to do the same, like things like that. But it's always like a step further than your parents. So I feel like if she was alive now and heard all of my adventures, she'd be like, oh my God, that's so dangerous. Be careful. But it's like, mom, you did the exact same thing. So it's just funny, like hearing about our parents back in the day. Um, and also for the healing shorties out there and shorties being of all genders, I use shorties as a gender neutral term. Um, it can help you really make peace when you're with your past when you see like where you come from and see, say like, studying your parents love story and seeing how they got together and how that influenced things and how for me like why we moved and how it affected us and the extended family and not just like what I saw growing up but like all the other things that were at play I don't know very interesting on a similar note and this is where I start getting into my feminist philosophy I've noticed this thing with like men in their 50s 60s I guess like the boomer generation I've noticed it with my dad with my friends dads like they don't (laughs) I get so triggered they don't appreciate their wife as like her and the woman she is it's all like how she relates to them and I think this can be applied to a lot of people so for example you'll hear husbands say like oh my wife's a great cook and she's a great mother and she's a great wife and we do this 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 together and she does this for me and it's like it's great that you're grateful for all she's doing for you but like what about her like if you were to read a biography of all the things she's done in her life even before she met you and who she comes from and what her story is and her family trauma and good times too and all of that would you actually care would you be interested or is it just like what you're projecting on the relationship like is this a trauma bond like I don't want to get too into psychobabble but I think a lot of people even at my age like some of my first relationships were all yeah like what they did for me and how they made me feel and I felt safe and I mean yeah it's also like my daddy issues it's replacing like my father's love and putting it in a guy who's like a third of his age right but yeah I think I don't know if I were to give relationship advice, which I'm wary on doing because I'm currently single, um, but because I'm staying healthy and, you know, not settling, it would be, yeah, to just like actually fall in love with the person who they are. And again, yeah, if you were to read a book, read a biography, autobiography on them, whatever, would you be interested? Do you like who this person is or just like how they relate to you and how they make you feel? And as a safety thing, I talk about in my last podcast, but dealing with narcissists and people who like emotionally manipulate you into staying in the relationship or, you know, play those push and pull games with you, keep you on their hook intentionally. This is a good way of seeing if they're actually good for you or if they're just pushing all the buttons to make you feel loved or safe or whatever. Okay, so one of the things I want to talk about today is older women and women's relationship with body image and how it can influence our sex lives pretty heavily. Um, I think I mentioned this in podcast number eight, Sex Equals Love. But lately, I've just, I don't know, gotten to a place in my life where I just have older women friends. Like one of my favorite people I've met traveling is 67. And naturally, with the age difference, you know, she's married, I'm not, she has a lot more life experience. It gravitates a bit more towards like professor and student, and she's teaching me more. And I notice with people who are older or just more experienced with me, I listen more. And then sometimes, if I'm talking to like a 16 year old cousin or like girl or whatever, I might talk a bit more and give her like boy advice or whatever. Not that I'm qualified, but. (laughs) 
but yeah um but we do we have conversation like equals she's one of the most interesting people i know fucking love her and then i just had lunch with another 67 year old my godmother and it was really cool talking to her and i'm reading a book right now that i actually hate i'm not gonna give the title yet in case it turns around and somehow i like it i don't want to talk smack until i finish i always do that i read books for such a long ass time and i'm so slow and i have the worst reading comprehension ever and i'm always like falling asleep and then having to like go back five pages in the morning and do it all again that like i feel like the book becomes my life for like a month but i don't know stay tuned guys maybe in a couple podcasts i'll talk about it i'll post it on my instagram like a little book review um but it is talking about how like part of the orgasm gap is because of social scripts and the fact that women aren't supposed to be as sexual and especially because way more women um report having orgasms like in a relationship like if they have like a boyfriend number one or husband and then even like a friends with benefits somebody you've hooked up with multiple times you're a bit more comfortable they know your body you know your body and are comfortable sharing it with him versus like a first hookup like a one night stand horrible in my experience i've had some great one night stands um but one of the most recent ones where (laughs) i just remember like coming like crazy i usually like i can stay pretty quiet like i tend to believe when girls are loud and screaming his name and moaning it's all a performance and it's like what we've been taught from porn and how they're like trying to turn the guy on or whatever but this time i genuinely could not shut up and it was we had like this big like street party house party going on so people were in and out of the house i'm pretty sure somebody walked into my room at one point and so i'm just like eating me out and yeah i was like i just couldn't shut the fuck up i was moaning super loud and that was a one night stand so i'm thinking there's a lot of factors that go into it part of it is the fact he was kind of young he was a couple years younger than me a few um but it was legal guys let's be clear and i was only the second girl he'd ever had sex with so i think he was really trying and that's kind of the thing people say like milfs like younger guys because they put a lot of effort in they're less arrogant and they're less lazy and they really want to please you and try and even though it might not be great and it might be like jackrabbit sex like they're putting forth effort and even though they might last five seconds they'll keep going and they'll finger you and eat you out for the most part not always but you know that's like the stereotype versus older guys sometimes i fuck them and it's like they just lie on their back and i'm like okay i get like my hips are probably less broken than yours but like i don't want to just ride you the whole time that's kind of boring like hop on top eugene is that an old man name (laughs) but But I also think, yeah, it's because I was drunk. I was really drunk and everything feels good. And I started like looking back on guys who had very on paper mediocre performances, but it felt great because I was drunk or high. And I'd sleep with them again when I was sober and be like, this is pretty fucking mid. And as you know, it's supposed to get better the more you sleep with a guy, but it didn't. And I was totally comfortable. I was more comfortable for sure, but it wasn't as good. The thing with being inebriated just means that like your your sober self isn't making the decisions because it can't because it's not present because you're not sober right so if we take them separately i am more a fan of weed i know i've talked about it a fair bit weed can be really really great um but still if weed is making you horny everything makes me horny at this point being sober being drunk being high i don't even know but if you're high and you're horny and everything's more sensual and you know he's touching you in the worst way but it still feels good because everything feels good 
it can be great and weed can be great if you're you know with a trusted partner because you're just more creative and like you try like i'll just like make up positions and be way more comfortable in my body also i don't know about you guys i get the worst munchie worst or best depending how you look at it but when i get high like i just have this instagram account called anjali's high snacks it's probably still up there if you want to stock but um i would just like make the weirdest food combinations and put like mint chip ice cream with like vanilla pudding and then like extra chocolate chips and coconut and like just all like sweet things but like nothing that really went together and just like mash like scoop it all up or put it in a smoothie or i don't even know i did weird shit um and so when you get the munchies like that and when you're a lactose gluten intolerant bitch like i am you're gonna have a bit of a pouch like you're gonna blow up right and yet when you're high and when you're like horny for your partner and trusting your partner you kind of don't notice and don't care so that's one of the parts i like i think some of my most like risky and potentially awkward sexual experiences the ones that went well i was high so both threesomes i've had and i'm gonna do a separate podcast just on those and kind of like what i learned from them it's gonna be great um i was high for both of them i think i was kind of crossed or they were drunk and high and the one they were on some other drugs as well probably not mdma but like something horny like that i don't know and it gave us all like just this like animalistic like intuition to do what felt good for our bodies and we weren't performing and we weren't you know on camera and we didn't have to be like porn stars so that part was great but also anytime you're inebriated you might say yes to things you wouldn't normally and i don't even i'm not even talking about consent that's a whole different can of worms but i just mean like <laughs> the one guy was fucking literally lasted like seven seconds like i'm not exaggerating and i remember coming in the next day my skin was all shiny because a mixture of sex glow and like pot glow right and my co-workers like you got laid and i was like yup and i told him the whole story and i was like he lasted seven seconds but like it was a good seven seconds and i i didn't know how to explain but my body was just so like I don't know oversensitive because of the weed like you'll know if you've ever smoked like stuff just food tastes better sex feels better exercise can be better like being in nature is just more healing and whole and when you're in shrooms it's kind of the same thing right even better I would say but also one of the reasons it was so good with this guy is because I like grinded on him I don't know okay I don't know if I've ever talked about this I might have I know I really exposed myself podcast episode one where it's um come and get it girls and I'm literally just 30 minutes telling you like exactly how I masturbate step by step enjoy have fun go jack off to it just kidding but like there's this thing that I've only done with like three maybe four guys where like i grind on him like with clothes on because it's a little extra friction it feels better and it it's a little less sensitive like i did it on an uncircumcised guy once and his dick was sensitive like i had to like adjust the way i gave him head and that's i'll do a different episode on that but it is a little different being with uncut guys i'm personally all for it it's more sensitive i don't know why we're mutilating baby genitals out here western medicine is ass backwards in my opinion but anyway um but yeah so it would have hurt him if i was like raw like like grinding on his foreskin i guess so like we did it with clothes on like just like underwear and you just like if you know what a pelvic tilt is like at the gym the exercise it's when if you're lying on your back you're doing a core exercise like flutter kicks or dead bug or whatever and you press your lower back into the ground and you kind of tuck your butt under you can do that and then play around with your pelvic angle a bit and kind of arch your back and go pelvic tilt backwards like anterior and then go posterior again forwards backwards and find the right angle like on his dick but in order for it to feel really really good in my opinion and with where my clit anatomy is 
you have to be like flat so this shit that they show in the movies and porn and that you know definitely looks more visually appealing like if we were making a sex tape i would do it more in like a cowgirl position like kind of like half bent over half sitting up and like do it more like kind of like twerking and making my ass look good but like for it to feel good on my clit with the positioning it's on the front of my body so i have to be smack dab like pancake on you basically crushing you with all of my body weight it's like when you sit on a guy's face and you're like so you're actually gonna die right now because i have a hundred and 50 pounds on your nose and I don't think it's meant to withstand that kind of you know but yeah and it's it's like the pressure that makes it feel good like even when I use a vibrator and some of my friends have echoed this too it's like the pressure that gets us off so it's not even like if you lie on your back and use a vibrator the vibration's cool but I don't even need the vibration like I'll use my vibrator when I'm traveling and just keep it turned off so it's great because nobody hears like buzz you know what I mean and if you have curtains in your hostel even better right and just like lie on top of it and like grind on it because it's so hard it's like a hard plastic object that like it's like a hard dick it gives you that right and when his dick is hard you can like grind on it right and with girls too like i've only had sex with women a couple times so through threesomes for sure but that's different because there's still like the male gaze and the guy being there and then one time with a girl and it's funny defining sex so me and my roommates used to have like and we called it the alpha kill list so it was like all the letters of the alphabet like a through z written out and we'd cross off or like tally off like each guy we fucked emphasis on guy they were both straight i was not i am not and it took me a while to like realize and come out i remember i was dating a guy and i said yeah like i would like to have sex with a girl one day i've said that forever just out of curiosity but i don't really want to eat out that's kind of gross to me maybe i'd use a dill like a strap on i don't really know and he was like oh so you're like bi curious and i just remember like being so against that and so like embarrassed and it's because of this internalized homophobia that i've had growing up where it's like you can't be or if you're into a girl a little you're a lesbian and this is this like label in society and now i have to be this is this and cut my hair short and adopt a child and everything's just like drama and i can't just be me and i met a really cool girl traveling i met a few people who've said this where they just hate the label because like one girl said she was bi i say and i am pan pansexual so the difference is bi you're attracted to men and women pan you're attracted to people of all genders as somebody who doesn't really believe in gender as a concept or thinks there's like a lot of gaps in how we define like a woman and a man and then what if you're neither i just prefer pan i don't even think bisexuality should be a category um and it's really weird this is a separate talk but i know a lot of very woke people like in the queer community who still say that they're bi and that's fine like own whatever you identify as pan is like lesser known so i always feel weird saying it but i'm also like at the same time, I'm, like, raising awareness for myself and for, like, non-binary people, people who, like, don't identify as a gender, and this is how I feel, but it's just, like, bi is just an easier thing. So every time, like, if I tell a guy friend or a guy I'm hooking up with that I've, like, fucked a girl, he'll be, oh, so you're bi, and I'm like, no, actually, I don't see gender like that, I'm pan, and it's just, like, a very weird thing. But yeah, so this girl I was talking to, one of them came out, or, like, identified as bi, and then the other girl had a boyfriend, and I was like, yeah, but are you, like, I get fruity vibes, I guess, I was like, are you into girls too? And I like to ask it that way, because then you're not making them create a label, and then I think the other girl was like, are you bi, or something, and she was like, I just, like, don't want to be bi, like, I just don't like the label, and, like, girlfriend, that's fine, like, say what you will about maybe she had internalized homophobia, and maybe, same as me, like, I hated when that guy that I hooked up with only a year ago or something pretty recent had like said that i might be bi-curious because i was so afraid of it so yeah sure maybe that's a problem maybe she should be comfortable saying she's bi but 
maybe she shouldn't have to like maybe we shouldn't have to label people into these tiny little boxes and we can just say I am attracted to women I am attracted to men I am attracted to people of all different gender I'm attracted to people of different body types like it's not even just gender it's like if you talk to any gay man you'll hear that like in the gay community it can be a fucking meat market scene and it can be awful and on Grindr like I'll have friends who get you know matches and then the guy will DM saying oh sorry I swiped on you by accident you're not my type I don't like twinks I like bears right like like there's all the different body types and it's like so specific and I would argue when you fuck people of only one body type you start to like condition yourself to only like that it's kind of i think a couple podcasts ago i talked about porn in the one help him help you come it's like episode nine and how porn can condition you just like stuff that you normally wouldn't so like if i'm watching porn with um a cheerleader or something like very like thin blonde white girl whatever and i'm always watching it then i'm starting to like condition myself to like be more attracted to cheerleaders and then it's a positive feedback loop because i could like search more for cheerleader porn because that's what got me off last time that's what will get me off this time and then I won't even have to like touch myself or do anything eventually I'm just gonna see a cheerleader and like feel horny and that has real life implications because I don't want to be walking down a football field and like see a cheerleader and get wet you know (laughs) random example but in the same way I think that that's how types come about and it's really interesting when you hear somebody's type change I'm somebody who's always said like I don't have a type and I definitely do have guys who just are attractive to me but I'm not like you know excluding certain guys if he doesn't look like all of my exes I can still be attracted to him and one of actually the couple I had the threesome with one of the couples the woman was talking about how they'll invite people into the bedroom pretty regularly talk about the STD last STD test beforehand and all of that they're very safe with it and she she described it as people of all shapes and sizes and it's cool because she kind of saw what was like in their soul more and not just like the external and this ties in really well with like my point on body image that there comes a point especially with age when like your body's just almost the least important thing like obviously yeah you want the parts to function and everything and they can I have my 67 year old friend does tantra with her husband he's 80 and he still gets it up and they still I think they fuck every day like they have a great sex life they're living the dream I okay story time again number 499 um I was at the pool yesterday with my little cousin public pool I guys the older I get the worse my daddy issues get I'm just attracted to like old men so there was this guy I think super cute piercing blue eyes silver fox had the beard and everything and had like his body wasn't like young hot muscular body which is what I'm usually into he had like a bit of a dad bod he had a bit of a gut probably pretty strong like all all older men or most older men he was hot whatever I go to the hot tub to like talk to him I'm shooting my shot with my like little cousin there the whole time it's awkward um and we start talking and tantra comes up very early on like I forget what we're talking about I was in Costa Rica and he's like there's a lot of yoga retreats there and I talked a bit about like some of the communes intentional communities he brought up tantra I was like I'm really interested in that if you guys don't know tantra is people usually think of like tantric sex and the stereotype and it's using energy and erasing taboos and um I don't know it's a whole world it's hard to like sum up as one thing but tantric sex workshops which I'm looking at doing one in the coming months and I'll obviously make an episode and tell you guys how it went the focus on like the body and youth and all of these like capitalist like 
sexually valued traits are just so low down on the totem pole and it's more about connecting with the person and same with him I looked into him and his face and I was attracted and it didn't have to do with his body or I didn't see his dick or anything like that it was just like an energy and he talked about it too I asked him I was like do you find now that you've done a tantric sex workshop that you can only I guess date or have female partners who have done tantra because that's kind of my fear that I'm like fucking with like 20 year old guys who don't know shit about shit I hardly know shit about shit but I'm trying I'm learning and that's why the sex is so bad and that's why I gravitate towards older guys because they just have more experience and have done more so I'm kind of like I want to do a tantric sex workshop but I don't want to like set my sexual standards so high that like nobody my age can meet them right but yeah so i asked him and he was like simple answer he was like no they don't have to have done it but you start getting attracted to different people and people who have like a high sense of self-worth and like a lot of value and are spiritual and similar to you and it's just like an energy around people kind of like how i was attracted to him and i don't even know if he was attracted to me because to you know compared to him i'd know nothing i'm like half of his age maybe less and that's like okay and it's funny because there's this stereotype of like old men being creepy and being super into younger girls and i know probably like all of our fathers have watched like beach volleyball in the olympics and been like "Ooh, i really like the sport but really they're just like checking out the girls like butt and boobs right and like i don't know i don't want to talk shit about that that's fine i check out i i don't know if this is like really fucked up but it's not just me me and my friends send each other like pictures and videos taken unconsensually of guys out in public nothing like super weird like not like naked or anything but just like guys walking will be like smash smash or like smash or pass or whatever for really hot guys so definitely the aesthetics matter but it's like you're not ruled by it so i'm thinking of movies like dirty grandpa or some shit where you see the old man and he's just so horny for like every young hot bikini girl who walks by and i'm at the public pool obviously i'm in a bikini and i remember looking over my shoulder and being like this silver fox is hot as fuck and i tried to like make my body look really hot in a very stereotypical western media sexualized way like how you look in a magazine so i'm like pulling my belly in and like arching my back and like making sure my butt looks really good and kind of like sitting up really straight and all of this shit <laughs> and the thing is that would work on so many men of his age um but it didn't work on him or maybe it did but he didn't like approach me he wasn't creepy with me which a made me want him more but i don't think that was like his plan or his trick or anything it just is how it worked out but b just showed his maturity it's like um you don't want to have the the personal outlook of being starved for sex and i know i talked about this in the past podcast with the guy who like he had this lazy cat philosophy where like he didn't really do a lot for me didn't do a ton of foreplay he just like didn't chase he attracted and he got bitches and that's different i think like when you've decided to have sex with somebody you should go all in and do the foreplay and make sure she enjoys it so he was a dick but one of the things that most attracted me to him was the fact that you could tell he's been fucked he's been well fucked he's been with a lot of people he's had threesomes foursomes people watching exhibition like all of that right He's definitely been with, like, at least, like, dancers, probably, yeah, model stripper vibes. And it's a really hot thing to see that guys have their own self of, sense of self-worth. And it's funny because I notice it with women. Women who are a bit older, it's, like, the MILF appeal that, like, they know what they like and they're more comfortable and they're not going to fake an orgasm for you. They're going to tell you exactly how to fuck them and fuck them right and da-da-da, right? And I'm, like, still working on that because I'm young and because I've been socialized to, yeah, fake my orgasms and make it good for the guy. And part of that's just, like, the social reper repercussions that... I don't want to do anything weird and like 
like have the guy tell all of his friends and that'll affect my reputation and that's going back to the guy who seven seconds but it was a great seven seconds I like grinded on him like I said looking not cute right on my belly and it felt great and he made me feel so comfortable he like brought it up he was like because he knew he didn't make me come it was seven seconds he was like sorry it's been a while and then I think we went round two maybe even three still didn't make me come from that but in between he was like yeah I think it's so hot when girls like grind on me because he knew somehow he knew the secret guys that that's the best thing ever it felt amazing for me and I was high enough that like my inhibitions were low and I felt like comfortable doing that with him and yeah maybe be like if I'd fucked him again sober I never did but maybe it wouldn't have been as good because I wouldn't have had the confidence to do that or maybe he would have made me feel really like safe and loved and comfortable like grinding on him again who knows but like I said I've only done it with like probably a couple other guys one was like my long-term ex-boyfriend because those were the guys I felt comfortable like being like you know a floppy whale on their belly and not looking cute and not having like riding posture you know or some girls like grind on the hip bone I personally don't do that but I get it because it's hard so maybe if your guys like whiskey dick in or not super hard you could do that I guess or just grind on your vibrator right in front of him grind on like the I don't know the side of the bed the metal frame <laughs> But yeah, so back to MILFs, like, I think it's a thing with our society where women have so much to overcome, and this is the feminist lens again, but I really, I don't want to, like, alienate guys, so please listen, (laughs) you guys should listen more than the girls, but we just have so much to overcome in terms of, like, reclaiming our bodies and realizing it's not for male gratification it's not for the media and it's not for other people but it's like ours and um i'm gonna do a different episode on this but like the constant objectification of women by society leads to like a lot of external worth and external validation and that's something i've been working on a lot and the more i can internalize my self-worth the better my sex gets guys it's like a direct linear graph okay But then I think there's this really funny like societal expectation that for women, we have so much to overcome and we eventually do. And then for guys, it's like the opposite. It's like they revert. So it's like they're young and hot in their 20s, 30s, and they get desperate. And there's a whole thing like, oh, his wife, this is a a bad politically incorrect word, but like his wife is frigid or she doesn't put out anymore. The thing like a guy's interviewed about why he broke up with his girlfriend. He's like, I wouldn't have left you if you'd let me put it in more holes. Like, you know, she stopped sucking me. So I left. She wouldn't let me go back door like anal so I left and I mean it's not wrong right and that's that's an unpopular opinion I'm not saying it's okay to like cheat because you're not getting good sex like maybe just communicate that or just like break up at that point but that's what's really special about like the minority of women who in as they age like in their like older age like 50s 60s 70s 80s stay sexual and you can tell when a guy has been having good sex with women like that or I guess even younger women but who are very self-actualized and know their bodies and have done say tantra some sort of like energy relation to their body like have like honed their sexual energy you can tell that the guys aren't starved anymore and they're not looking to cheat and they're not looking to fuck younger girls and they just like have more control over their sexual energy so it's a very cool like switching opposite thing because I feel like earlier in life it's like the guys are a bit more desperate and the girls don't really know how to fuck and nobody knows how to fuck and then later on so many guys are just not in their full masculine potential because they're not having good sex and when you're putting out like desperate bitch boy vibes you're not gonna have good sex or you're gonna attract bad sexual partners i hope this makes sense i've had experiences where again i was surprised when i stuck my ass out i acted super hot i put on my girly girl voice this guy wasn't like immediately asking for my number 
because I've had so many older guys who in his shoes would have been all over me and that's why it's like a really attractive thing that he felt like he didn't need to chase so men listening that's the kind of energy you want to embody like don't fake it but just have your own internal worth and you're not going to need to like chase and be a desperate hoe like that right don't be a creepy old grandpa all right last little bit that i'm going to talk about is body image with women and how that can affect our sex lives again like i have so much more to talk about with this specifically there's a million like theories that i want to Maybe I hate like all of the psychobabble because I think it alienates people and like it depends how you guys listen to a podcast like this. But if you're just like on a hot girl walk, getting your coffee, like getting ready, making breakfast, whatever, I don't think you really want me to like be spitting psychology facts so you can write it down. So you can tell I try to talk in a very like colloquial way. So maybe like each episode I'll talk about like one psych theory and just like unpack it with lots of like personal anecdotes, jokes, stories, whatever, because I think that's like more easy and fun and better to digest question mark but yeah okay it's a no-brainer but it's very very true body image affects your sex life i said it in the start again using stuff like weed shouldn't have to be used but can lower your inhibitions so i'm more comfortable with my pouch and my body image and all that stuff and can just focus on fucking and this is something i talked about it a couple episodes ago in the help him help you come with my friend who said like she couldn't come like she's only come once with a guy she can make herself come and it's just this like internalized like need to perform and it's so hard to wrap your head around and one of my tricks is I act very very fond response very adorable and vulnerable with guys and I'll tell them straight up that I'm like scared or that I feel self-conscious because I think it then it puts it in their minds to like hype you up a little bit more because I'm great at faking it till I make it and I act mad confident and I you know guys I sleep with no I have a sex podcast I talk about sex and I act sexy and confident and whatever so then if we get to the bedroom and I falter or he like wants to do some position that I'm low-key like scared or don't know how or have never done something like this it's like better for me if I just tell him straight up and then he can like ease me into it slowly then if he's just like why is she acting weird is she not into this personally communication is huge and we've never been taught it i feel like the only communication we're taught is like a very black and white understanding of consent and i kind of this is a separate no but i hate that consent is just taught as like no means no in the absence of a yes is a no because yeah obviously that's the dictionary definition but then guys can still and girls but typically it's men can still coerce people into saying yes or can like i don't know extreme cases like cover her mouth or kiss her a lot so she can't talk and then she's so petrified and women freeze a lot there's fight flight and fright which is like a freeze response right and when i don't even want to say just sexual assault because it's wider than that but when sexually dicey situations happen where we're uncomfortable or not totally comfortable or feel rushed or maybe we're in a slightly again intoxicated inebriated state and we don't feel like we can like make that decision sometimes we just don't say anything and we just go along with it so anyway that's my little spiel we need to communicate more and the number one worst question that i hate when men ask is like tell me what to do or what do you like because it's so broad and i'm not saying this is right but i'm just saying like as a woman how i feel about it from being socialized as like a girl who needs to perform and sex isn't for me it's for the man i freeze the fuck up because if i'm trying even if this is with a long-term boyfriend husband situation because i've had like a two two and a half year boyfriend and he was my first and we got very sexually comfortable together it's like i would still sometimes catch myself trying to perform like for example like Last time I gave a blowjob with 
a one-night stand and didn't sleep with him again I like first got in like a comfortable position and then I realized like he was on his back and I was kind of like crouched over his dick and it felt good I realized I looked like that hunchback of Notre Dame so then I kind of went on my belly and I was like this isn't hot enough so I'm still trying to suck his dick make it feel good do all the suction vacuum yada yada and I'm trying to like arch my back up and be in kind of a like a doggy style position but like the speed bump you know when like your boobs are down but like your ass is still up like the puppy pose in yoga so hot best position ever but yeah and the whole thing is like i have to make it like visually appealing for him and people always say like men are visual creatures and that's why they like porn and i mean i can't really talk because i'm not a man and i wasn't socialized as a man but also like shut the fuck up steven like if i'm sucking your dick just close your eyes if you don't like the view i don't know just focus on the feeling it might be better that way maybe you'll come sooner and i won't have fucking lockjaw from the experience right so yeah it's just women are just like more conscious of it even the way we stand like i it's not just me my friends do it too when a hot guy walks by when a group of like athlete guys walk by like you just sit up a bit straighter you stick your ass out you stick your tummy and we're always sucking in like we're never just like rested i don't want to say never but it's less frequent than i feel like men for the most part are a bit more rested and they just like think less about things now quick caveat i hate the thing about it's easy for guys to come i know i've said it before i'll be oh a guy can just like you know stick his dick in a couch cushion he can like jack off for like less than a minute and come for sure but like it's not always easy and i don't want guys listening who like have trouble coming whether alcohol is involved or not to like feel bad because it's not easy and there's a lot of psychological bits to it too but it's just for women we're more concerned on how we look and what's funny is like looking worse according to society is like sexually liberating so with with my 60 something year old friend we were walking down the street and there was this like guy i think like homeless guy or something and it was us and then this other woman in her 60s walking the three of us and i was walking a little bit in front and he looked at me and he looked me up and down and i could see him undressing me with my eyes i didn't really pay attention right and then they passed by and he completely ignored it was like they were invisible and he was just there and she said i've never experienced this like older women talk about being invisible and she said it didn't bother me but it's so funny because it's really true and it is true like we'd be in traffic crossing the road together and a car would almost fucking hit hit her like she's literally invisible and then it would stop for me you know and that's such a privilege but it also reinforces for me that my youth and my beauty are the most important things because the car stopped because of that because the car didn't stop because it read my aura my energy the car didn't stop because we had a deep philosophical discussion or it's like read some of my writing or listened to my podcast or gotten to know anything about me and my story the car stopped because the way I looked you know and the fact that she felt like invisible in a way it's kind of liberating because it unpairs who you are from what you look like um like i said i just saw my godmother she's someone who had cancer just like my mom and also had a partial mastect or like a one-side mastectomy just like my mom did and it's funny because breast cancer is so in my family like so many family members have had it i'm terrified but i'm also like not letting it define my life it is what it is we'll see right when you think about breast cancer it's like the breast is no longer a sexualized organ obviously it's sexual obviously you can like come from just having like your nipples sucked on or stroked or whatever i come from just having like my inner thigh stroked if it was like for enough time and with enough like passion and energy people can come from kissing i don't know anything 
But when it comes to like a life and death health thing like this, it's like everyone's talking about boobs and I love it. It's like, I'll talk about it with, obviously I'm more open than most people with sexual organs and just most things in life, but we'll talk about like testing and periods and everything's normal. I lived in this, I guess you could call it like a naked house. So I lived with six girls, myself and five others. And a couple of them, a few of them were conservative, but two of them and me, we were the three amigos, best friends, musketeers. And we would just like always be naked together. And we went on this trip and like, us and like the other girl too we were just like always changing in the hotel room just like in and out of the shower i think the one girl like shits with the door open that's where i draw the line just i don't want to smell her shit i think that's gross but everything else like we'd pee while the other person was in the shower we'd one of my friends was talking about how like her ex said she had a porn star pussy and i was like i would like to see this so she just pulled the pants down and she showed me i was like oh yours is so much like your lips are more out and i'm like more the hamburger bun i guess you're the hot dog i don't really know the terms that you or roast beef whatever they call it right and it was more vertical and mine was more rounded I'm like that's so pretty and then I showed her mine and she she actually fingered me to put my IUD in one or not put my to check if my IUD was still in place you like feel for the strings and I wasn't able to feel myself and she had really strong or really long fingers so I was kind of I laid down on the couch and she fingered up in me and for a few minutes and it was really wet it was really awkward and then our other roommate came in and was like what the fuck just seeing me like legs spread open on the couch like filming a fucking porno or some shit the IUD was in place we're all good guys but yeah we're just super comfortable and it didn't stop it just being naked because like being like a sexually objectified externalized sense of sexiness and value girl you can still walk around naked with your boyfriend if i'm comfortable in my body like if i'm like skinny and have boobs and butt and all the like cosmo girl kind of magazine things i'm gonna be comfortable with my naked body and i'm gonna wear a lot of bikinis and not cover up and stuff but I still might not say be comfortable like sleeping with a boyfriend. So I had, it was a guy I was like hooking up with a little bit while I was traveling. Great guy. And we were super comfortable from like the first time, maybe because we were high, but you know, (laughs) then we started fucking sober as well. And like the first night I actually slept in his bed, I was like, kind of, I was like, I don't know. Now this is getting serious. You're going to see me like ugly and like sweaty. Not that like I never wore makeup. I never wore much clothes, but it's still, you're just like very vulnerable when you sleep. And I was like, what if I fart? And I was kind of joking. He was like, you're allowed to fart. You have permission. And he was the sweetest ever. I think I did fart in my sleep probably. But even something like that, it's just like a lot of couples just like don't feel comfortable talking about. Like what's the thing with like the woman goes to bed with all her makeup on after they have sex, stays awake until he's like twitching and you know asleep gets up takes off her makeup sets an alarm wakes up early in the morning and puts on a full face as if she woke up like that it's i've talked to guys after a one night stand and they say that's so scary either when you see the girl looks like captain jack sparrow and she has like her mascara all over ran down from the night before i mean I've been there, happens to the best of us. Now I like bring in my little clutch to the club. I have my ID, cash, keys, and a few condoms and a makeup wipe because I'm always ready. Just in case I go home with someone, I don't want to pull a Jack Sparrow personally. But yeah, but the other is when you wake up and she has fucking like red lipstick on. You're like, bitch, where did that come from? You know, it's weird. So anyway, I was totally bare bones comfortable with this guy and it was great. And it was like, we had great sex, but like, I felt like I could just totally have my body and I never like sucked in with him and it was also because he was constantly reaffirming and saying I mean I hate this too but he was saying like this girl's too skinny I don't like skinny girls and I I hate all types of body shaming but it did help me feel like oh he actually does like me and my size and he doesn't wish I was skinny or anything he likes the base it's fine 
but yeah when you get to a point where you can like talk about like your poop schedule and I need to pee and your periods and stuff with a partner it's just like super liberating and this is why lesbian couples are fucking superior guys (laughs) because they talk about all this shit because they treat sex as an experience and not a race to come and not just penetration they do all the foreplay and they do everything is yeah to be a lesbian would be great (laughs) but yeah so this is totally internal like self-work to like actually get comfortable with who you are in your own skin in your body as it's changing is really important as you're aging and not holding up to some like magazine youth ideal right fuck the anti-wrinkle cream seriously fuck the hair dye um and with choosing sexual partners i don't know i'm just yeah i'm just sharing how it's been for me it's interesting i've been having better sex since worrying less about all of these stereotypes and scripts and ought like what i ought to be what he ought to be what she ought to be whatever and just connecting with the person and their soul and their energy and their energetic like field and aura that they're putting out and that's why honestly i would argue that i'm most attracted to face we used to have this poll in my in my trap house my student house where it was like ass or tits and then somebody added face and i was like all these guys are gay huh and like yeah funny joke but dead ass I don't know i'm attracted to face because i'm attracted to eyes because they're the windows to the soul and mouth because that's what can <clears throat> give me head no just kidding that's what can have like really great conversations and like actually connect and like the face is what shows like all of your emotion and everything and like the body just doesn't matter and even i know i said earlier if the parts work and my the 80 year old guy who can still get it even if they don't like you can do so much without just penetrative sex you can do so much with just touching just fingers even without touching a lot of tantric sex emphasizes just an energy exchange and not having to touch the person and still making them orgasm like it's really cool stuff so yeah next time i'm asked the question i'm gonna say face because i think it's the most attractive all right so that's kind of a wrap for i gave him a bunch of advice i you can't shut me up especially because i spent the whole day like in learner mode because i was with somebody older than me and wiser and i was getting all the stories from when i was like a six-year-old kid and i feel like every time i'm like that there's some people i've been talking to lately who just feel the need to really like teach and mansplain a lot to me and it's frustrating and they don't give me an in to talk but then I'm learning a lot so I learned a lot today but I feel like I just haven't talked in a few hours and as you know I'm I have the biggest fucking mouth in the universe so now I had to like use my podcast as an outlet um but one more little piece of advice that I would give is to stop the internalized misogyny I'm gonna do a different episode on this and sexual objectification and self-objectification like I said it's a really cool theory it makes a lot of sense and it's not too difficult to grasp But yeah, women are just horrible to each other. And it's like, it's that thing like you treat others the way you treat yourself and you can only love others as much as you love yourself. Today, I was meeting with my godmother and she got out of the car to hug me and hasn't seen me in however many years. And first thing she was like, do you think it's summer or something? Because I'm not wearing a lot of clothes. I'm wearing like a tiny little like crop top, booby top, I guess. Like my nipples are showing because I don't wear bras because fuck that patriarchal shit. I don't know. Don't control my boobs. And I'm wearing like short shorts because it's a hot fucking day because it's summer. It's August, right? And this is not to draw attention to my body. I feel like the more like slutty I dress, I'm actually like trying to attract people less. Because I do know that if you are trying to attract people, you don't want to like be a total whore. You want to like 
tastefully show skin like show like pick one body part like say like have like a v-neck and show off your boobs and then cover up the rest so it's more like suggestive and here nobody needs a suggestion you can see my ass every time I bend over and move because I, my shorts are tiny because it's hot right and yeah and just she said that and she mentioned it a couple times and it was just clear we have very different she has catholic values you know she's my godmother <laughs> and I'm not mad about it but it it does kind of internalize when that's the first thing she said to me that like I am only worth what my body is and that's the first thing people notice and again when I'm crossing the street people stop for me because of how I look and then it's it's reinforcing the idea in my brain that appearance is the most important thing and that's how people are going to judge me when really clearly with this this guy in the hot tub he didn't I wish he judged my appearance I wanted him to get horny for me and as far as I know he didn't but then we had a conversation and got a bit deeper and really got to know each other and it was really great so yeah, clearly she was projecting her own, this is internalized misogyny, it's it's slut shaming, it's when we judge other women for like their sexual behaviors and having one night stands and how they dress and it's just, it's like they said in the Barbie movie, it's impossible to be a woman sometimes because we're too much this and not enough this and we're always stuck in the middle and you can never have a balance and everybody's always talking smack about just like who you are and when it comes to body confidence, whatever you choose to put over your body i mean i wish i could just live in a nudist colony that's coming i'm going to a nude beach for the first time i think next weekend i'll let you guys know i'm really excited but yeah however you decide to clothe yourself is valid and is okay and especially again as a woman who's grown up thinking being like socialized and told that her body is like her main value it's i think a powerful statement however you decide to dress if you want to show a lot of skin if you want to cover up if you want to do a little halfway in between if you want to be fashionable i know women who dress like 1800s like they wear like long skirts that are floral and they're not mennonite or anything they just like that style and i'm like more power to you girlfriend and who cares who looks because again if people are focusing on your face and your soul and conversation your eyes and your mouth they won't care what the fuck you're wearing so yeah that's my thing stop judging the way other women have sex and um look because you're just internalizing the fact that appearance is the most important thing you're telling them that and you're telling yourself that and if you really make peace with how your own body looks you won't be critical of the younger girls and the girls with the bigger perkier boobs you'll be like you're hot ass bitch pop off sis women supporting women all day so yeah that's my two cents um i'm just gonna keep living my best life i'm in this like green space so my tourist self is having like the time of her life right now <laughs> there's like a little swing and like playground so i'm gonna go play and i'm gonna go have dinner um but yeah thrive you guys i hope you enjoyed listening and i hope i'll do some more like practical advice in another couple podcasts on how to like reinstate your sense of body image and like reaffirm how important you are but you're really fucking important and you're really fucking sexy slay bye guys